This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. C is for chunk. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Good afternoon. Happy Monday. This is the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainert and Enrique alvarez Clary are with you today. Hello, Rico. Hello. How's it going, man? It's going fantabulous. How are you, sir? Pretty good. Um, how was the weekend? It was great. Didn't do really anything. Then watched the game. Nice. Watched, watched some more sports. Uh, took some family photos yesterday. Did you go into a grassy field? No, we took Good. it. We took it at a brick wall. We thought about going into a grassy field, but we did not. Too too many people just take their pictures in a grassy field. It's nice. You get the you get the nature behind you. You get the sun. You toss your kid up in the air. Do you remember taking your senior photos? Yes. Where did you take them? Uh, in a building. Like, okay, in a building. Yeah. Cool. I took mine. Um, since it was just a couple years ago, I took mine in Haymarket Park, wow. and at Pioneers Park. Not in a grassy field, up against a wall. Did you have a bat? I did. Mm. I did. And did then you we have also. Glove? I had everything except my catcher's gear. <laughs> Wasn't going to put that on. Why not? You should put it on. You should just put the, the helmet on, the face mask. I should not have. Um, as always, 402 464 5685, the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, the Sutter Hammond Text Line. Both those open for you on a Monday here. Loaded show ahead of um, for you guys. Obviously, if, if you haven't heard, Adrian Martinez is out for Friday's game against Iowa. So Nebraska will start Logan Smothers under center or in the shotgun formation, I should say, for Nebraska. Um, and it's going to be a weird Friday because obviously as of right now, Nebraska is still a three and a half point favorite. So you have the whole spread discussion that a three and eight team is favored over a nine and two team. But also you have senior day. And mm-hmm. Scott Frost said today that he's going to try to encourage Adrian on, on walking, which puts a little bit of um, a, a hitch in whether or not he'll come back. Or, or the, the whole consensus or common thought is that it's, it's, we've seen the last of Adrian, which is, weird and it, which is another thing that's really, really weird to think about. Um, so we'll talk about that. Austin Allen kind of mentioned it earlier today also that he hasn't decided what he's going to do. And I could see him he, dipping his toe in the he draft might, waters. I, I, th- I could see him walking, and he, he said that today. He said, there's, there's a chance that I go through the senior day ceremonies. However, nothing, you know, I, I still come, I come back. back. Yeah, exactly, which is, which is very interesting. Um, like, that's kind of something I want to, I you know, talk about is, like, if a person walks, that doesn't automatically mean they're leaving. But you know, you never know. If somebody so does, if somebody doesn't walk, that doesn't mean they're coming back. Because somebody could not walk, you know, dip their toe in the draft waters just to see what you know what teams think about them, mm-hmm. and get really good reactions back, and just be like, "Well, I'm done. Like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go." And so, speaking on that, continuing on the the seniors and the whole thing with extra year of eligibility and all that good stuff, um, Huskers defensive backs coach Travis Fisher told reporters today when he spoke that he has four seniors on Friday: Deontay Williams. Mark Heldesmuke, Lane McCallum, and 
Cam Taylor Britt. So, I mean, the thought, and, and once again, there was kind of that thought that Cam Taylor Britt's going to be heading out. Um, he accepted an invite to the Senior Bowl, yep. I believe, last week. In Mobile, Alabama. And so you, you kind of feel like when you accept an invite to the Senior Bowl that it's going to happen. You would That you're so. going to move on, but it's just getting c- confirmation. And um, so it's it's pretty good stuff going on. A lot of interesting things. So we'll dive into that. We'll, uh, Dan Mullen was let go from Florida. Still, that's so Which we'll, we'll dive into. We'll revisit the 2017-2018 coaching carousel. Oh, yeah, as you have I that was, spreadsheet that you love I so much. I was updating it before the show here So I with records and contracts. and You and Happer, big spreadsheet guys. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll dive into that, see where Dan Mullen and – Jonathan Smith from Oregon State, Mario Cristobal, and Chip Kelly, Jimbo Fisher, where those guys are stacking up this year, and Dan Mullen included. We'll Such talk about him. Weird coaching class. Yes, yeah. a and lot this, has this, happened. This year is going to be interesting. There's this offseason so is going to be very jobs. interesting. So many big jobs. And maybe not a lot of candidates. No. Because some schools, whether it's like a Penn State, let's let's do like a Penn State where James Franklin could leave. But then, who's Penn State going to get? Mm-hmm. And it's those those teams that are on the cusp of well, then being a top Franklin. a top fifteen program. They need to stay and and, and consistently be that kind of program. Yep. But if they let go of James or James Franklin walks, who do they get? The thing with James Franklin, also like to to throw a wrench into that, is he really hasn't had the best year no. this year. So do 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 big schools still want him? I know he's he's kind of proven himself throughout the years, mm-hmm. but last year wasn't great. This year started off pretty good and then you know they've had some ups and downs and some hiccups along the way. Yeah. Uh do you still as as a USC will just say, do you still want to go out and get James Franklin? Is that a big enough splash higher well, for a USC cuz it doesn't seem like there are going to be mo- there's probably going to be one or two schools that are happy with their hires. The rest I don't believe will be. Well, at least of the big names. What's interesting also is now you look at a place like Florida, Dan Mullen is on his way out, and the favorites are Bob Stoops, Lane Kiffin. Those are two of the favorites. Jeez. And you're the sitting Lane, there Lane thinking Kiffin Lane just Kiffin. Got to Ole Miss. Exactly. And Lane Kiffin is starting to turn Ole Miss around. Yeah. Ole Miss is not a bad program. Also, part of that could be because of Matt Corral being the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um and, well, and also, he's on his way out. My thing with that is Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin's been a lot of places. He he's been kicked out of places for for poor performance uh, yeah. as a coach. But you, Dan Mullen didn't have a bad record at Florida. He's had a bad year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's the they were twenty nine and six with playoff aspirations before uh, the game. I think it was against LSU where his player threw a shoe, and after that, it's kind of been downhill. But even then, they still might go to a bowl this year. They were yeah. pretty solid last year. Like they. They haven't been bad. They haven't been, you know, oh my gosh, this guy is terrible. He has a losing record or he's barely scraping scraping along to a bowl game bad except for this year. Uh, still got all of those athletes. They just had some some bad luck in some situations. And Florida just being very impatient after, you know, the tease of a playoff with Dan Mullen. Yeah. Uh, they got very impatient and they're just like, all right, we need to move on right now. And I think they, I, I think they pulled the trigger way too fast. 402-464-5685, we get this off the text line. Franklin said he's staying. I, I did see something along those lines, but also, if you remember, Mel Tucker said, said that was, Colorado was a destination job, that he's staying at Colorado, then about a couple months later he went to Michigan State and said the same thing Mel just Tucker, last week, that Michigan State is a designation, or destination job. He said that on uh, Draymond Green's podcast. Yeah, do you want to know how, how 
you shouldn't take coaches for their words is Mel Tucker said all that about Colorado and was still on commercials for the Pac-12 network saying, I'm Mel Tucker, head of the Colorado Buffaloes, for like two months after he left. <laughs> that was how soon he that was that was how soon after he recorded that commercial that he took the job at Michigan State. So I don't I'm not gonna believe anybody until the next season starts. We get this also. Don says, so Dan Mullen for offensive coordinator. Not so, happening. Listen, no. I, I was thinking about that. And let's go ahead and dive into the offense coordinator because we'll have all week to t- kind of talk about Adrian Martinez here momentarily. Dan Mullen has his pick of head coaching jobs. He is not going to be an offensive coordinator anywhere. Let me find the... If he goes anywhere after right now, if he doesn't take a year off of coaching, he is going to be a head coach somewhere else All right, coaching, before next season starts. Coaching carousel stats. So I was actually telling Happer this before the show. How it was so weird thinking back to this year when it was either Scott Frost comes to Nebraska and Mullen goes to Florida, or Husker fans were hoping Dan Mullen we get we pluck him from Mississippi State and bring him here if Scott Frost goes to Florida. That was kind of one of the conversations that was happening back uh, around this time. It's still so weird having him just leave Mississippi State after having built up built that program back up into some some pretty prominent you know talks of of you know Mississippi State is in talks with you know. Not being an SEC winner, but being in the top tier of the SEC for a while, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden he's just like, okay, bye, I'm going to Florida now. It was just so weird. I did not see that coming. So, and I kind of have an idea of where this conversation may lead, um, and that may, it may lead it into expectations and standard discussion. Oh, buddy. So, brace yourself, because when I say these records, they're going to be kind of telling, because I will also um, inform you guys of the financial situation with the coach in terms of contract and how much they are getting paid. So let's let's walk through. Scott Frost, do you guys know it? I'll briefly go over it. Getting paid five or four. I'll say four. Let's just do that. Four million. Let me change that here because I still have a five. Four million through 2026, although it'll change. You know, the whole everybody knows that. He is 15 and 28 in four years. Never been to a bowl game. And he through four years, he won't go to a bowl game. Herm Edwards, Arizona State, getting paid three and a half million a year. He is twenty-four and seventeen through his first four seasons, seven and four this season, which will send Arizona State to their third bowl game in four years under Herm Edwards. Mario Cristobal from Oregon, four point three million dollars, um, is thirty-four and twelve in four years, nine and two this season. They'll go to their fourth straight bowl game under Mario Cristobal. John, Mario Cristobal and Oregon just can't seem to to just cross the hump. Get out of the way of like their final three games. They're going. You could just pencil them in for a loss. It doesn't matter who their final three games are. Mm-hmm. They could be undefeated. They're going to get a loss, and it's going to keep them out of the playoffs. It's just what they do. Chip Kelly, four point six million at UCLA. He's seventeen and twenty five in four years. Had never been to a bowl game except for this season. Big turned win it around. Over USC. He was three and four. Three and four near three. Also. I, I was reading an article today. He is very much on the hot seat also, despite oh, yeah. them going to a bowl game this year. So They have underperformed for what they believe yeah. they were getting with Chip Kelly. Exactly. Well, they've just underperformed regardless. Um, Jimbo Fisher came from Florida State to Texas A&M. Obviously the big deal, $9.5 million a year through 2032. 34-13 in four years. 8-3 and three this season. Has been to three bowl games. He'll be to go to his fourth this year and has won all three of those bowl games that they've went to. That was a solid get. I mean, they had they had to pay up to get him out of Florida State, but yeah. the best hire of that coaching carousel. Here, here's solid, an interesting... Solid coach. So, that, so the other the other two that I have 
compared to Scott Frost, Dan Mullen, and Jonathan Smith from Oregon State. Let's go and go through Dan Mullen. Because Jonathan Smith is a one that I can kind of actually relate to Scott Frost a little bit. Dan Mullen came from Mississippi State, like we talked about, was getting paid $7.6 million through 2026. He is 34-15 and 15 following last week's loss. 34-15. They, they are 5-6 and six this year. They still have a chance to go to a bowl game if they beat a bad Florida State team, co- coached by a very bad coach in Mike Norvell. Um, Dan Mullen. Has or took Florida to three bowl games in his first three seasons. Now here's the kicker. Until this season, obviously, Dan Mullen and Florida never finished the season ranked lower than 13th in the country. Finished the season. So after the bowl games were over, they were never lower than 13th in the country. Until this season, obviously, where they're five and six. And if they beat a bad Florida State team, they still go to a bowl game, which would be Dan Mullen's fourth bowl game in that many years. 34 and f- I can't get past 34 that. and 15 and they fired him. Because the One. Athle- because the athletic director woke up and said that I did not feel I just had that feeling that Dan Mullen was not the right coach and so we move on. I can't get over that. I can't I can't. Yeah. 4 years in, you've only lost 15 games in the SEC. You're in the top what top 15? Top 10? Yeah, pretty much every single year. This year is, is a bad year. It's a bad year. Everybody has bad years. Everybody has bad years. You have a down well, year sometimes. A lot of you people know, have stacked un- unfortunately, years. you know, for Nick Saban, a bad year is is two losses. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, for some people, it's more than that. It's it's just a bad year for Florida. You know, they've got a solid recruiting class coming in. You'll you'll be healthier next season. You know, you'll you still have everything going in the right direction. I mean, you're in Florida, like you you're gonna have a solid recruiting class regardless. And your athletic director just woke up and thought, you know what? Nah, he's not. I don't, the coach. I don't think he's the right coach to lead our program anymore. Despite finishing in the top fifteen every year he's been here, and yeah. you know they still might make a bowl game. They could finish seven and six, but uh, no, I'm done with him. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Then finally, we have Jonathan Smith, a first-time head coach at Oregon State, who's getting paid two and a half million dollars through 2025, and we talk about the evolution of of and have been able to point to something on paper and say you're building the program, you're improving. We talk about the progress talk, and at the end of the day, it can't be always about progress. It has to be about winning. Mm -hmm. So let me run you through Jonathan Smith's career as the first-time head coach at Oregon State. Granted, not the the hardest conference, which is the Pac-12, but not the easiest place to win. Still a Power 5 conference, not not a traditional power in Oregon State. Not at all. 7-17 7-17 and 17 through his first two seasons, 9-22 and 22 through his first three years. He was 2-5 and five in 2020. This season, they are 7-4. and four. He will take him to their first bowl game, and he's 16-26 and 26 through his first four years. They have a chance to play in the Pac-12 championship game. Yes. Uh, they, they're not in charge of their own destiny. They're not they're not at the driver's in the driver's seat, but they have to beat Oregon. I think they have to have one more one more thing fall their way and they'll be playing for the Pac-12 championship. If and they they have Oregon this week. Yeah. So that's that's pretty good for a guy who's not getting paid a lot to do a, a lot. <laughs> yeah. You're at a school that, you know, I don't I don't want to say they don't take football seriously because they do. I mean, it's still a money maker for them, but traditionally football isn't something that they hang their hat on. 
That's that's kind of what I'll go with. They they haven't been the strongest in football. They have a couple couple years here and there where they're pretty good, but for the most part, it's uh it's a doormat for the Pac-12, and it's it's considered an easy win. And what he's doing with that Beavers team, but that Beaver squad is extremely impressive. And I I'm, I'll be rooting for Oregon State this weekend. I, I want them to win. I want them to make the Pac-12 championship game. It's a fun team to watch. Have you ever watched them? Mm-mm. They're actually pretty fun to watch. So once again, Scott Frost. Nine and fifteen through the first two years, twelve and twenty through three, fifteen and twenty-eight through the four years, zero bowl games. Previous coach Mike Riley, nineteen and nineteen in three years, went to two bowl games. So the reason that I did this was because Dan Mullen got let go, got obviously, and he was thirty-four and fifteen, three bowl games, never finished lower, ranked thirteenth than thirteenth in those first three years at least. Obviously, this season they're not going to, um, but. Florida just moved on. And Dan Mullen, when Dan Mullen was looking at jobs that year in 2017-2018 around this time, Dan Mullen wanted to go to Florida. Florida was Dan Mullen's dream job. Mm -hmm. And they just let him go. Just no questions asked because he wasn't doing a good enough job. Because Florida feels like their program, and rightfully so, you're Florida... You feel like your program should be contending for SEC titles on a on a yearly basis, and then you pair that with Nebraska. Isn't that where you feel like Nebraska should be? Should be competing for Big Ten championships every season, or at least the Big Ten West every season. And so that's where that's where I said I knew this conversation was going to get into sta- a standard and and uh, and expectations discussion, and I, I wasn't didn't necessarily do it for that. But when I may, when you're able to look at things on paper and see where Nebraska stacks up against other programs that you'd like to compare yourself to, Florida, um, Oregon, Texas A&M, maybe USC, UCLA, those schools, maybe. It's interesting when you look at how Nebraska's handled their last four years and how Florida handles a year with a coach that has gone 34-15 and 15 in your 5-6 and six this season. Mm-hmm with an opportunity to beat a bad Florida State team to go to a bowl game, your fourth straight bowl game under a coach, and you let him go. Because, because the athletic director has a feeling. I mean, I, I get you're the man in charge, and you kind of have to go with your gut, and you know, you've, you've got to make tough decisions day in and day out, and especially with, with a team like that, with a, with a money-making uh, situation like that at Florida, you, know, you have to go with your gut, and you have to trust that what you're doing is the right the right decision, mm-hmm. but at the same time, if you just wake up and think, yeah, this isn't the right guy, maybe you should just go back and and you know revisit what he's done for your program, revisit you know how how your team has looked in the national eye year in and year out, and yeah, it's kind of been you know they're right there, they're so close, but they can't get over the hump. But it's been four it's been four years, mm-hmm. like that's not you you that's not nothing. They've been right there every single year, and they just have one or two losses that kind of keeps them out of of really being in the hunt. And you just woke up and thought, yeah, you know, he's at five wins. They're five and six. Uh, they could win one more and go to a bowl game, but that's not that's not really the Florida way. You know, we should be competing for the SEC championship year in and year out. But you have one bad year. That's not enough to fire a guy. And granted. I don't know. There could be other things that we don't know about that's been going on at, yes. down at Florida with Dan Mullen. But right now, looking at it on the surface at purely a football perspective, there's no way you look at this squad and just think, yeah, after three solid years, this is not this is not going in the direction we think it's going in. Which, at a program like that, and you, you used to feel like maybe Nebraska 
was this similar situation is five and six is not good enough. That's what they're saying. And I get that. And if if you go five and six two and years in a row, so. if you go five and six, five and seven two years in a row, if you miss a bowl game two years in a row, yeah, sure, can the guy. Yeah. But one year after not finishing lower than 13 for three straight years, and you're just like, yeah, nope, that's not our standard. If you really want to hold people to that, that's hard. That's hard. And the SEC, that's hard. Rico, that was exactly where Nebraska was. That's exact. That's why I was. I told you before. Is Nebraska? And I, I tweeted this out when somebody said that about how Dan Mullen is 34 and 15. I, I can't remember who had it. Let me, um, let me try to find it. I think it was Stuart Mandel. Let me look him up on Twitter because he mentioned something about how good luck to Florida for finding a coach. Um, he said the same thing about. And I was like, man, Nebraska fans heard this thing in 2014. Mm-hmm. I, it was the. the here we go. Dan Mullen finished his Florida tenure 34 and 15. His .694 winning percentage was the highest of any coach at Florida, not named Steve Spurrier or Urban Meyer since 1924. He goes, best of luck to the next guy. Tell me that that is not the exact same thing that people were telling Nebraska. I remember watching the ESPN Sports Center like special when Nebraska got rid of Bo Pelini, and obviously you had the off the field stuff with Bo Pelini going on. I mean, you had the and, on the and, field and the stuff. temper, yes. But then I, I will never forget the ESPN special where it was. What what, are, what is Nebraska doing? This guy is is score uh, wins nine games every year. Mm-hmm. You, and I remember I, I don't remember if it was Todd McShay or who it was, but said Nebraska better be careful because they just threw away a guy. That gives them nine wins every year in a very and that's very tough to do. Mm-hmm. And now Nebraska is suffering the consequences of that. You should be able to roll over at Nebraska and and, and win eight games. It's it's just fascinating to see and and see the parallel that Florida is on the cusp of doing exactly what Nebraska did back in 2014. Now, like Rico said, there could be other things going on with Dan Mullen and the, the staff that we don't necessarily know about because we're not mm-hmm. in Gainesville. I'm not going to say anything is, but yeah, that, that could be th- It could reason. be similar, once again, that parallel to Nebraska. And it's just crazy to think that I, I talked about it last week, transparency and accountability. And I believe their athletic director is, is Scott Stricken, I, I believe is his name. And he was not shy in his, in his press conference yesterday. It was, listen, I woke up. I didn't feel like uh, Dan Mullen should be the coach, and I made a change. And and think about this. <laughs> That's a rough way to go about Th- things. And think about this. is like he has to then, and if, if it's a place like Nebraska, imagine doing that in Nebraska. You have to have all the boosters on board, most of the boosters on board. You have to understand that there might be some pushback from those boosters. Well, I'm sure he had to do the same thing at Florida. Exactly. But it's just, how, okay, even if that is what you believe, even if that's what happened and that's what you thought, you should not say that out loud, because yeah. what coach is going to go to Florida and just be like, "Well, I mean, if I if we get blown out by one team and the AD just mm-hmm. is having a bad night of sleep and wakes up and is just like, you know what, nah, and I could be fired, I could be fired because the AD wakes up on the wrong side of the bed. Like, what is that? And they didn't even, even if that's true, don't say that out loud, dude. And the craziest thing is, is it's it comes after a game that they lost in overtime at Missouri, twenty four to twenty three. It wasn't like they got blown out to Vanderbilt. It was that they lost to a 5 and 5 at the time, now 6 and 5, Missouri team that won at home in overtime. It's a decent Missouri squad. They're not bad, they're not great. But they're not bad. 
granted, you're Florida. You should beat Missouri. But still, Missouri's been in the SEC for a while. They've been getting more of that SEC talent, more of that SEC flavor, if you mm-hmm. will. Uh, so they, they, they're getting better little by little. Every And, and Drinkowitz is, is putting together a pretty yeah. solid squad. Uh, so, I mean, losing to Missouri, it hurts. But that shouldn't lose you your job. And you're still in a position for a bowl game, remember. We get this on the text line. A couple things before we get to break here. Um, Somebody says, is Tom Herman not the obvious choice to be the OC? He's a guy that I think would be a good fit. Checks all the boxes for what you're looking for. Here's what I'll say in response, and we can get to it after in our final segment. What are those boxes? What what are we looking for? Has, has Has it been known, the transparency part, remember, has the fan base or the people been notified what Nebraska is looking for? Do Are we confident Nebraska knows what Nebraska is looking for? That That's an interesting way to look at it. Somebody else I says... Saw, well, I want to ask on the Tom Herman thing, how many times have you seen a former head coach go to a losing situation to help turn it around? If Tom Herman's going anywhere, if he has an opportunity to be an assistant anywhere, uh, I'm sure he's looking at a, at a winning situation such as an Alabama if if somebody is to leave that leave that school. Riley got to a bowl game with five wins. Mike Riley got to a bowl game with five wins, to be fair. Yes, he sure did. He also won that bowl game against UCLA, six which, six. Was, which was impressive. Um, somebody says, sounds like Steve Peterson and Frank Solich. Somebody also says, Nebraska has the absolute easiest route to playing in conference championship games out of all Power 5 schools and hasn't played one yet. Ooh, that's an interesting way to look at it. Hmm. Maybe maybe that's that's another project for myself. Are you sure Clemson doesn't have the easiest? Maybe. Okay, but they I'll, always do. Maybe that's what I'll do. They always is play later earlier for later this week, I'll try to put together a, a list of who has the easiest road to a conference I mean, championship USC spot. has a, USC has a pretty easy one, and they still don't play in it. Good point. Unnamed texter, I think Bo's off-field issues were also known outside of the Husker realm. Yes. Unnamed texter says, again, Florida was a nine-point favorite to Missouri and started the year with a lot of hype and ranked. Even ne- then, Nebraska. Here's the funny thing: Nebraska started the year with a lot of hype. They weren't ranked, but they started the year with a lot of hype. Also, yeah. I mean, even then, you start the year with a lot of hype. You're a nine point favorite against Missouri, and you, you end up losing the game. That still shouldn't lose your your yeah. job. just because you start the season with a lot of hype and you don't live up to the expectations. One year shouldn't lose you your job. Again, mm-hmm. out finished out the season outside the the top thirteen only one year, and that's going to be this year. Like that shouldn't lose your your job. All right, let's go ahead and take our first break, 402-464-5685. Keep sending your thoughts. Um, one thing I want to mention before we get to break, Nebraska Volleyball tied for first place in the conference with a 15-3 and record. Yeah, they are. They've won four straights. They are 20-6 and overall. Um, and we will be joined by a very, very famous former Husker and Team USA um, libero. Yes, libero. Um, Justine Wong Arantes, she will join us next here on the Happy Hour. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. In business, Deloitte sees two approaches to innovation. People who look at the new technologies and changes swirling around them and wonder what's possible and people who use cloud to engineer it. Creating new revenue with industry cloud platforms, optimizing costs through multi-cloud adoption, and adopting technologies from AI to edge. Join the innovators. Start at Deloitte.com slash US slash cloud and get the end-to-end services you need to get the cloud value you expect. Deloitte. 